You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 98. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Thank you guys so much, as always, for listening. I know I say that pretty much every week, and that is because it is true. I thank you so much for being a part of my life and a part of this show, and I hope that the show is continuing to give you value every week. It means so much to me. I put so much behind these episodes and carefully selecting the guests and the conversations and then working to make sure that they're as helpful for you as possible. With that in mind, I'm excited to share today's episode with the shineproject.com founder, Ashley Lemieux. Ashley is someone who I have been following on social media for, I would say, over a year now, thanks to a Lively Show listener who directed me her way, like I said, almost a year ago. So I don't remember whoever it was, but thank you, whoever you are, for sharing Ashley with me because she has been a joy to follow. Ashley has an accessory company that is aimed at helping inner city youth by giving them employment in her accessory company and also by giving them college scholarships. She is also a wife and mother of two children, Shiloh and Zoe. One of the things that strikes me about Ashley is how she literally seems to radiate joy. There are a few other people online I found as well that just seem to emanate this extreme amount of joy and lightness in the world, and she is definitely one of those people. So I knew I wanted to have her on the show so I could selfishly (laughs) ask her what she's been doing over the last year that has helped to make that shift so palpable that you can actually sense it on the other side of a computer screen. In addition, we're also going to talk about how she got the Shine Project started, where it came from, the challenges she's had with it, and raising two children alongside the business. In addition, we're also going to talk about something she doesn't openly share very much about, but it's something that's important to her to get out there, to share about her anxiety and how she's been dealing with it as a mother and a business owner. Let's go to the show. Ashley, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Let's start with your background. Tell us how you got to where you are. About uh, four years ago now, I was a senior in college, and I was trying to figure out what it was that I wanted to do with my life. And I was interning at an inner city high school in Phoenix, and it was teaching a class that prepared seniors and juniors in high school to go to college. And as I met and worked with these inner city youth, I realized that truly they had no resources to help them reach their potential. They didn't even know that they had potential. And so when I would talk to them about what their future plans were, they would just look at me like, Miss Ashley, what are you talking about? You know, I can't go to school or I can't do this because they're worried about their basic needs of feeding their families or coming up with extra money to help take care of their siblings. As I worked with these youth and as I met them and went into their homes and spent time with them, I just thought to myself, you know what? I can't turn my eye at what I've seen And it is my responsibility to help these kids be able to go to college and help them break the cycle. And so during that time, I had started a blog because I loved writing. And I had called it The Shine Project because I had chosen a word that I wanted to motivate me throughout my year. And the word that I had chosen was shine. And I wanted to help other people, other women that were in my same situation of wanting to do more or do better with their lives I wanted to motivate them to kind of come on this journey with me. So I started this blog and it grew quickly. And so I decided that I would use it to be a voice for these inner city youth. From that, we started a nonprofit organization called the Shine Scholarship Project, where we raise money to send first generation college students to school. Three years ago, we launched Threads by the Shine Project, which is our for-profit 
where we employ the kids that we give scholarships to and have them make jewelry that people can wear and they can be a part of our story and the student's story and really be connected with them. And so that's kind of how I got to where I am now. That's incredible. And this journey is also been fascinating to follow you on. I've been following you for the last year and a half and watching just the growth you've had in this year and a half alone is astounding. And I did not realize you're only four years from graduating college. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Are you so tired? I've got to imagine how much you've taken on in such a short amount of time. Yeah, it's been a short amount of time, but you know, no rest for the weary and we're here on earth to work. So I'm ready for it. In this teaching program, you're teaching these students and you're seeing they have no future. And there's something that is in you that says, I should do something. And you have this blog. What made you connect both together? Because like you were saying at first, the blog wasn't specifically for inner city youth. It was for other people that might be reading it. How did the bridge get tied together? Well, the Shine Project blog is still for other people to uplift them. And a lot of the things that I love to write about is how to help people feel successful in their lives. And for me, I don't believe that you can be successful if you're the only person on the top of the totem pole. If you're not lifting other people up around you, then what's the point? And so I figured that if my readers really were the type of people who I thought they were, good, honest, caring, loving people, that they would just wrap their arms around these youth and want to help them up to be successful as well. And so... I thought, you know what, let's give this a shot and see what the response is like. And it was exactly how I thought it would be, embracing and welcoming and supportive. And people just love these students. And so it's been so fun to be able to help be their voice and tell their stories to people who otherwise would not know their circumstances. And what was the reaction of the students when you told them that this is what you were looking to do? It's really interesting. When we gave the first set of scholarships away, I was told this by every single winner Uh, There were seven scholarship winners the first year, and every single one of them said in their own words, Miss Ashley, it's not even about the money that you're giving us to go to school. It's the fact that you and other people that we don't even know actually believe in us, and they believe that we have potential and they're willing to invest in our future, and that alone is going to make me be successful and get through school. And so all of them were just so filled up. You could just see the change in them that other people support them and believe in them. And that alone just lit this fire under all of these students that has been amazing to watch. That first group will be graduating next year. They beat all the odds. And it's just really cool to see what the power of believing and helping somebody else can do for someone's self-esteem. So in one hand, it looks like this has been a very seamless transition and that You found the need, you had an audience, you connected them, and everything was rosy. Was it that easy or was it more difficult to start up? Oh, it's it's hard. (laughs) Anything that you start up is hard. For me, one of the hardest things was literally working all of the time. You know, I've kind of cut back a little bit because now I'm able to have more help and more employees help do things. But in the beginning, I think that I was almost my biggest setback because I would have self-doubts or I would think that, you know, I want to be at a certain place, but how am I ever going to get there? I would tell myself, you know, you you can't fail. So you just have to do it. So I just make myself do these things that would otherwise have scared me and, you know, make the average person quit. But it was through those hard times that have led us to where we are now. What was behind the words, you can't quit? Was it saying that there is no such thing as quitting? Or is it there's so many people counting on you? Where was that voice coming from? And what did that mean behind it? My motivation has always been my student employees. 
they've been let down so many times in their life. And I had given these kids scholarships to school and jobs. And I would think to myself, I would just be another person to let them down if I let my own fear get in my way. And I can't do that. I can't let these kids fail at another thing. I will be held forever responsible for that. And so they really were the driving force behind me of how to figure this out so that they could succeed. That's really powerful. I started following you about a year and a half ago, but I would even say in the last six months to a year, just by following you online and watching your messages and the stuff that you're creating personally even, as well as through the business, there has been almost a palpable sense of energy that is like radiating from you (laughs) in this amazing way. And it's not to say that you weren't already doing amazing things when I started following you, but I feel like there's been an energy shift, or at least I perceive it from the other side of the screen. Is that something you've actually been feeling in your own life? You know, that's interesting to me that you see that and, and feel that. I think right now I'm at a point in my business and in my personal life that truly I have found what my purpose is. And because I know what my purpose is, it helps guide me throughout my life. And my purpose is my family and my purpose is this, these inner city youth. And my purpose is helping other women feel empowered and happy and successful in their lives. And so when I'm able to go about my days with those things as my purpose, I mean, how could I not gain energy from that? They're things that truly fuel my life. And I think I've just kind of focused more on what my purpose is and it's been able to help me really do the things that are the most important and create more happiness for myself. That's incredible. And that's specific to how you're making an impact in the world. Has there been any internal shifts besides the purpose piece that has changed for you in the last year or six months or so? I would say that I've become more confident in what I'm able to do. Um, Not necessarily because my capabilities are huge, but because I know how to be resourceful in what I need. And I rely on a higher power to help me get through the things in my life that I need to do and for guidance. So I think internally, I've just experienced more of a peace and a confidence about what I need to do. And and something else that has changed for me is in the beginning, I think when you start a business or when you start a new career or when you start anything new, you get scared of failing and you get scared of hard things that are going to happen. In this past year, internally, I've just told myself because I've experienced it, Ashley, you're going to have trials. You're going to have one and you're going to get over it and then you're going to have another one. And so instead of freaking out when anything negative happened, going in with the mindset, it's going to be hard because I'm doing hard things in my life. Just get over it and give yourself the tools that you need in order to do so. That knowledge has helped me tremendously. It's kind of looking at the bigger picture and realizing this is just one low or high out of a series of many instead of making it the only thing that's in your life or only thing that possibly would be in our life because we're so fixated on what's happening to us in this moment or could happen or did happen to us. Exactly. To go back to this concept of purpose you just mentioned, that word can be very inspiring to some and stressful to others. For me, purpose is serving others in the present moment given our current circumstances. Is that something that you align with or do you think it's somehow maybe different? I definitely agree with what you just said. I think sometimes a lot of people struggle with what their purpose is because there are so many things for us to chase in this world. 
And if you truly sit back and think of the things in your life that you are willing to fight for and wave your red flag for and call the troops together because you're going to stand firm and fight for whatever that belief is. I think those top two or three things that you're passionate about and that truly you won't be shaken on is what you can say that some of your big purposes in life is. What is it that truly is important? I think it becomes easier to figure out what is your purpose instead of listening to other people tell you what your purpose is. And the beauty when you're serving, given your current circumstances, is that you can serve in many different ways throughout your life. Mm -hmm. You're not restricted. And it doesn't mean that you as the student before you joined that class and before you started the Shine Project didn't have the ability to live your purpose then, even though you're doing it differently now. Do you feel like that? Yeah, I agree. You're going to have a different purpose at different seasons of your life. And sometimes those purposes are going to lead to an even greater purpose from things that you learned or kind of the stepping stones to get you there. But yeah, I definitely agree with that. I was just sharing with a member of my Life with Intention online class. She's in a, her first job out of school. She is in a construction management position, and she was at first so focused on learning the ropes that she didn't have any time to suffer, but now as she's gotten into it, she started to have these thoughts creep in that says, this isn't good enough, this isn't where I should be, and I tried to really encourage her to remember that it's serving where you are given your current circumstances, so as long as she is in that position, to not let that be not good enough for herself to serve and not good enough to not be a purpose for herself. Has there ever been any times in your own life where you've done it in a place that maybe isn't the same as what you're doing now, but you had that tendency to want to think this isn't good enough and I've got to find a better place, but the truth was it was just as good as where you are now ultimately in terms of serving? I struggled before I figured out truly what it was that I wanted to do and what I should be doing, which is the Shine Project. And I remember we were still in college. My husband and I had just gotten married and I was at this job that I hated. And I would literally cry before I'd have to go into my shift. You know, I was working 40, 50 hours a week and in school and I would just cry and I would just feel like that wasn't where I was supposed to be. Truly, as I look back, I think the only purpose that it served was to help my husband and I go through college. And sometimes what you're doing, you'll have a different purpose, again, with that time in your life. But I didn't feel like I was in the right place. And I learned a lot of things there, but ultimately, it kind of guided me to where I am now. And it helped me look for the feelings that I did want to feel in the future when I was working. But if you're stuck somewhere that you feel like you shouldn't be, it's hard. It's really, it's really, really hard. But I think that you're right. You got to give yourself a purpose while you're there and know that no matter where you're at, you're able to serve, whether that be your janitor somewhere doing great work, cleaning, you know, to help make other people happy, or you're the head of a company serving to help other people have jobs or be happy. Be happy. <laughs> yeah. It's the same thing. You're serving in both places. You're just doing different things. Exactly. I think that sometimes when I share that, they have this tendency to think that maybe I'm telling them, oh, just stay at the job that you hate. And I am never one to say to stay anywhere longer than one second after your intuition tells you to leave. So for you, like you said, you were meant to stay there for this season. It provided what you needed and you're able to serve there, even though you didn't want to stay and it helped guide you to where you wanted to go next. But I also find that often the ego for in other situations will 
be the same piece of our minds that might say, this isn't good enough. I need to be somewhere else. But at the same time, is the piece of us that is terrified to actually let go of the job. Yeah, definitely. And I think too, just the fear of the unknown or doing something new, it's scary. And so I think a lot of times, you know, in the back of your mind, you question yourself, well, can I do this? Can I do that? Will I be successful if I go? Because this is secure to me and safe. I definitely agree with that. I find that the intuition will most of the time lead us into uncertainty and the ego is the part of us that creates that sense of fear and this idea that we want to control the outcome and we want to know what's going to be safe and predictable. And so often the ego will actually try to keep us somewhere that we don't even like because it's safe and predictable and we can know what the outcome will be. Even if we don't like it, we know what it is. Exactly. Yes. Oh, we hold ourselves back sometimes. I know that you've also shared with me before this call that, you know, as much as I'm seeing you radiate positive energy rays of joy, that it's not all sunshine and daisies for you personally, and that this stuff has been a lot to take in. You also have two children as well who are Helder, Zoe, and your son. Um, Zoe turns seven next week, and Shiloh is eight, almost nine now. And how long have they been a part of your family? For two and a half years. Okay, so two and a half years, you have children for that long. You have this business is three years old. You've been mentioning there's some anxiety. What's been going on with that? The past couple of years, and especially the past year or so, I have experienced anxiety in a way that I have never felt anything else. (laughs) It can be really, really crippling at times. And there have been times where I have felt like I could not possibly even take another breath because of just how stressed I was feeling and and the physical pain that comes from that as well as emotional. Sometimes it's hard to target what the source is of that anxiety, but I do know that it has made me stronger because I haven't had a choice other than to fight through it, but it has definitely been something that has impacted my life hugely. I hope it ends at some point. But if not, I'm learning how to deal with things that are hard for me. There's so many people riding on the work that you're doing. Obviously, you're not a one woman show and you're part of a team. But I mean, you have children, you have a family, you have this business growing very quickly of a huge online following. That's got to be a lot. It is. It really is. None of these things are negative things. They're great, amazing things that fuel my life. But at the same time, Sometimes I have to deal with situations that are really, really hard. And there's no manual for any of this. There's no answers to all of my questions other than just figuring it out on my own. And so sometimes it can be really scary. But I believe that truly you can overcome anything. And that's what I've just been kind of trying to do. Yeah. Have you been having panic attacks? You know, I've had a couple, um, and I'll tell you that they are the scariest things that I've ever been through. They're scary. Have you found that is growing or subsiding in any way, or have you found anything that's been helpful? That's a good question. Some days are great, and I'm like, I'm on top of the world. And then other days, I'm like, oh my gosh, did I have a good day yesterday? Because today I feel like I'm at the bottom of the barrel right now. Honestly, for me, spending time with my family and also my relationship with God is what gets me through things. If I keep those two things at the center of my focus, it doesn't necessarily ease the burden, but it helps me get through it. Have you thought about going to talk to someone who might be able to help with the panic attacks or more the physical symptoms or even the stuff that might be causing it mentally? Or is that not something you're at at this point? 
I'm all for therapy, man. I think everyone <laughs> needs to go sit on the couch of their neighborhood therapist who should be your best friend and get help. And, and so I do. My biggest goal is to not allow how I feel to rub off on my kids. And so I think I've done a good job at that. But I think a lot of times people are afraid to get help because getting help means that you are admitting that you're not perfect and that you have things that you struggle with. And I will be the first one to say that I'm not perfect and I have a lot of things that I struggle with. Being able to admit that and then admit that, you know, you just need someone to talk to and to help you has been life changing for me. This is my own personal visual, and maybe this is helpful for someone listening, or maybe for you, Ashley. I keep reminding myself I need to go down to go up. So, in any area in my life that I want to grow in as a friend or in my career, in order to grow and get better at that, I actually need to not focus so much on getting better at that, but going deeper within myself and working on my own stuff so that. In any area I come to, I have a deeper foundation. It's almost like a skyscraper. The bigger the building you build, the deeper your foundation and stronger your foundation must be. So that work that you're talking about in terms of going to therapy or talking to someone that might be able to help you in any way whatsoever, as much as we might want to say that's terrible that we're admitting we have faults, it's also the number one way to do even better in any area of our lives. And I keep reminding myself that I got to go down to go up. Exactly. It's so important that you build your solid foundation or when those when those winds and mighty storms come because they're going to, you're just you're going to topple over. Building your base is so important. How else have you built your base? I spend time just being alone and doing things that will help me be the mom and the boss and the wife and the friend and the sister and daughter that that I need to be in. A lot of times that includes just being alone, being able to write and clear my head or being able to sit and meditate and study things that I need so that I can become stronger. I also, I can thank my sister for this. This year, I've really focused on physically taking care of myself through going to the gym for at least 30 minutes every day. And taking care of myself physically has helped me so much mentally. I can't even put a plug in big enough for that. I didn't realize the effect positively that that would have on me. And so spending time every day to work out and release stress, but also allow my body to just get stronger has helped me mentally get stronger as well. You mentioned this and I want to go back to it. You said dealing with the anxiety can be tricky with my children and making sure that they don't take on that anxiety. How do you deal with that? I don't know if there is a know-all answer for that, but something that really helps me is that when I leave work to go get the kids and until they go to bed, my time is dedicated and focused on them. And during that time that I'm able to just be fully present with them, I'm not thinking about other things that are worrying me because my kids bring me the most happiness that I could possibly feel. And so when I'm with them and when I can focus with them and play with them or meet their needs, then I'm not focusing on myself. And so it really helps alleviate some of the stress or the anxiety or other things that I might be feeling. And so I just try to make them the focus and then it takes that off of me. And so I think that that has been what has helped me do my best to try to have them not see me at times of anxiety. Do you think that they know that you're feeling it? You know, there'll be times, obviously, and any mom, you know, you get frustrated with, you know, there's 
dang socks everywhere that you've asked someone 20 times to clean up or there's, you know, (laughs) dirty dishes or there's, you've come home from a long day or something happened at school with one of the kids and you're like, well, why, why did you do that? How does that even make sense? And so, you know, there's obviously going to be times that they're like, oh gosh, mom's not too happy right now. Part of the calling of being a mom is there's going to be those times and they're going to know that you're not happy, but it is what it is right there. So... What's it actually been like to go from being a family of two to being a mom of two children all at once? In the beginning, we all had to adjust and we just all had to figure it all out at the same time, all four of us. It was hard and it was difficult and frustrating, but also that was paired with the most joy and happiness I've ever felt. And now after it's been a couple of years, we're a family. I can't think of my life before them. It doesn't even feel like it existed. I can't explain it other than... I can't identify with who I was before them because they're just the biggest part of my life that it doesn't make sense for me to exist without them. If that, <laughs> you know, It's been an adjustment, but now and always, it's just they consume so much of me because they are what's most important for me. So it's been such a blessing in my life. I can't even describe it. And what's been the hardest thing? Trying to do something that you've never done before and that, quite frankly, not a lot of other people have done before. Not a lot of other people are in our situation. And so trying to figure out how to give everybody what they need and meet their needs so that everyone can be successful and happy, that's been the hardest part. How do you run the business while trying to be there for your children so much? We moved closer to my parents who now live five minutes away from my house so that my mom can help get them after school a couple of days a week. And I make sure that I'm home by 5, 5.30 at the latest, just three times a week. And then the other days I'm picking them up and I'm with them. I hired two full-time employees so that I'm hardly traveling anymore which has been so great. And for me to be able to just have other people help so that I can focus on my business is so important, but my family's more important to me and it will always be like that. And so now that I've kind of figured out what that balance looks like, it took me a while to know how to do it. But now that I have, it's been so great for all of us. I'd like you to give your thoughts that come to mind when it comes to what you would suggest for people, A, who would maybe want to start a business that may impact their community and make a difference, and also for those who are not interested in creating a business, but also want to make an impact. I think a lot of times when we want to help, we think that it has to be this huge feat or project or something that we have to undertake. And I would say that that is not the case. If you want to start a business that helps somebody else, it can be as simple as donating a portion of proceeds. You can start there and see where that leads you or take on a cause that you are passionate about. There's a lot of businesses or nonprofits out there that already exist. And depending how much effort you want to put in, sometimes it's beneficial to team up with those people and be another force for whatever it is that you're passionate about. For people who don't want to start a business, again, what you do doesn't have to be crazy or <laughs> or huge. We do service projects here as much as we can. We, we do them at least once a month with all of our students where we get involved in something in the community. And it can be so simple. For example, um, in a couple of weeks, we've actually invited some of our followers down here to help us. 
I researched where homeless youth go in Phoenix and I called them and said, hey, would you guys benefit if we made some blankets for you guys to give to the homeless youth? And they said, yes. So we are making easy fleece blankets for these youth. There's so many opportunities out there to serve and they can be so small, but you just have to figure out what it is that you want to be involved in and then just do it. Don't make excuses, just do it. What doubts or internal resistance are you currently facing in your life right now? One of my biggest internal struggles right now is being able to fully help my family the way that I need to. And I think that that is something, and it might for the rest of my life be that kind of thing that picks at me in the back of my head. And I would assume that a lot of moms go through this as well. Truly, when you want the best for people that you love more than anything in your life, it's hard sometimes to know what that entails, and it creates a lot of pressure to be able to deliver that. And so I would say that's kind of one of my biggest things right now that just causes some anxiety in my life. I also obviously think about the Shine Project all the time. What it is that we need to do to help more youth. I get job applications and scholarship applications all the time from more kids who want to be involved. And it kills me more than I can even tell you when I have to say we're not hiring right now or or we're not taking any more scholarship recipients right now. One of my biggest goals is to be able to solve that problem so that I don't have to turn anybody away. And what would you tell someone who's just starting out on this journey? I would tell you kind of how what I said in the beginning is to expect it to be hard. Expect it to be hard and prepare yourself from the beginning to deal with circumstances that could arise that are going to be hard so that you're not caught off guard and that you've kind of talked yourself up to deal with it and you can triumphantly and victoriously get over it and keep moving forward and just know that trials are going to come and it's okay. And it doesn't mean that you're failing or that you're bad or that you're doing things wrong. It's a natural thing that's going to occur in your life when you're starting something new. And so you just have to prepare yourself and then you just have to do it. And my biggest motto is just make it happen. You just have to make it happen. No one else can make it happen but you. And so give yourself credit for the things that you're capable of doing and make it happen and and just do it. I love that. So powerful, Ashley. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the show today and sharing with us. Thank you so much for having me. And there you have it. Thank you, Ashley, so much for coming on the show. And thank you for listening. If you'd like to send Ashley a message, you can do so over on Instagram. Her handle is at The Shine Project. And you can find me on Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter at Jess C is in Carmel Apple Lively. For show notes, you can go over to JessLively.com slash Ashley Lemieux. Before I share who's coming up next week on the show, which by the way, I'll say is one of the most exciting guests we've ever had on the Lively show, and that's saying a lot, I want to share a little bit about today's sponsor, FreshBooks.com. One of the things that I love most about FreshBooks, which came in very handy while I was doing my interior design work for the Guest House Hotel in Chicago, was the fact that I could track different aspects of my time so I could bill them very accurately for the time and the work that I had done. This is also great for any freelancers out there who may do different things like photography, web design, interior design, etc. Especially if you have different rates for different types of activities, you can code those in very simply through FreshBooks and then you can easily go in and log your hours through the desktop, or you can do it directly on your phone through their app. I loved not having to 
sit and try to remember exactly how much time I had to do things. I just turned on the timer whenever I was in a wallpaper store, for example, looking at wallpaper or paint, or I was going out to buy something off of Craigslist to get refinished. It made everything super simple check out FreshBooks. You can do so by going over to freshbooks.com slash lively for your free 30-day trial. And now for next week's guest. You guys, next week is a big episode. I plan to have a Tuesday episode, which will be episode 99. So next Thursday's episode will be episode 100. I've been looking forward to this 100th episode and it happens to fall on my birthday. And to make everything even more exciting, I finally have my home tour for our Austin home coming out that day. And Elizabeth Gilbert, the author of Big Magic and Eat, Pray, Love, among many other titles, is coming on the show. I cannot believe I'm saying The Lively Show and Elizabeth Gilbert in the same sentence. We recorded our episode last week and I cannot wait to share it with you. Until then, may something wonderful happen to you today.